Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series by H2 Tech, the hydrogen technology journal by Gulf Energy Information. My name is Tyler Campbell, managing editor for H2 Tech, but not your host for this week's H2 Tech Talk. Today, we have a very special episode for you. Jim Watkins, regional sales manager for Gulf Energy Information, is live at the DII Desert Energy Leadership Conference in Cairo, Egypt. And I'll let Jim take it from there. All right, H2 Tech fans, we are here live at DII Desert Energy Leadership Conference in Cairo. Now, this is an invitation-only event, so I don't know how many people get to come to this. I'm very fortunate to be here. This is all the big wigs of the hydrogen world here in the Middle East. A lot of these guys will be going to uh, COP27 next week. We do have some friends here, so hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to some of them. Now we're here with uh, Karima Magarbi, who's an executive director of Orison Invest. But even more importantly for our discussion today, he is involved with DII Desert Energy. Karim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jim. All right. So now, tell us a little bit about, first, before we get into the, the DII Desert Energy thing, tell us a little bit about Orison Invest and what, what that is. Sure. Orison Invest, it's a project origination platform in renewable energy. So what we do is we put together uh, developers and investors. Mostly, we focus on wind and solar projects in emerging markets. Uh, we have a special focus on Asia. Uh, Central uh, Central Asia, Southeast Asia, and also Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa included, and a bit of Europe also. All right. And so I can easily see why you're interested in, in being involved here at DII Desert Energy. But tell us, so what do you do in the organization? And, you know, why is this organization so important to the region? Sure. So, so I'm a director for Project uh, for Transaction Advisory. So what I do is that, so especially for renewable energy, at DII Desert Energy, we do two things. We basically advocate for the energy transition. And for us, there are two components of the energy transition. One is green electrons, which are, you know, renewable energy, and green molecules, which is right. uh, green hydrogen. So we do both. Uh, myself, I'm more, you know, focused on renewable energy. And uh, transaction advisory means that we are helping either our members or also governments when required to, you know, implement their project or put, you know, them in touch with some connections that we have. So regarding governments, we do have a strong activity where we meet different ministers in the MENA region. It could be Algeria, Tunisia, Morocco, etc., and some of these governments, they do have some questions as, you know, how can we, you know, launch a very large program of renewable energy? I'm speaking about, uh, I'm thinking about Algeria in particular. Right. Uh, so we, we interact with these governments and share our experience and share the experience of, of other members and different countries where we are active in the MENA region. Right. Now, interestingly enough, I was talking with somebody earlier about governmental involvement in uh, green hydrogen here in Egypt. And they were saying, yes, the, the government is all on board for, you know, the projects once they're finished, but that the legislative tax breaks, things that go along with being able to get these huge capital intensive programs off the ground is not where it needs to be yet in Egypt. Is that true? I mean, do you, you see that? 
Yeah, that's correct. And to be fair, that's correct in many, many different countries because, you know, green hydrogen is it's very new. And so the regulatory framework has to has still to be put in place. I mean, right. even in, in regions like even Europe, actually, the, uh, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's under negotiation. So you can imagine that in Egypt, uh, the, the whole... Uh, regulatory framework has to be implemented. You know? Right. And that's a difficult process, isn't it? I mean, you work with governments, you advise governments on that. How long does it take between the time somebody comes, you know, uh, government comes to you and says, hey, can you help us with our, you know, renewable energy projects? And you're like, okay, well, let's put some regulations in place. How long does that take to get through? Well, well we're talking about years, obviously, but uh, as you can imagine, we're not the only one, you know, talking to the governments and there are many different actors, either pri- private or or public. So you do have, for example, development financial institutions, which are very active in this discussion with the government, because ultimately they are going to finance these assets, you know, even green right. hydrogen, etc. They are going to provide long-term debts. And so they do have to have the proper regulatory framework to put in place this financing. And so, you know, usually they discuss about, you know, to review the, the regulations, the laws, etc. And so for that, they have to sometimes appoint, you know, advisors, legal advisors, mm. and, you know, even reshape some how some of the laws and that that could take you know years so in renewable energy which is a sector i know i know more you have for example this program from the international finance corporation ifc uh, which is called scaling up scaling solar and that could take easily uh, four years actually to wow. discuss four years so even if you are the world bank group you know and you discuss directly with the government to to implement to think and you know implement a, a proper framework it could take years you know so you can imagine that if you don't have this this program and government are discussed with different partners takes you know several several years easily yeah, yeah and, and the problem is until those laws are in place you can't really analyze whether a project is good for you as a, a individual company or not right yeah that's correct but that's where uh, that's uh, that's the beauty of renewable energy is that you know uh, you do have a lot of different players active you have local players international players players that want to take risk and some of those they don't want to take risk so you have developers that are at the same time discussing with the government and having a view on where this is going in terms of regulatory framework and they are also developing projects so it's well, at not the same time at the same if they're not waiting correct, for the regulations correct, they're just going yeah correct, wow. correct they're just going you know that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Kareem, thank you so much for dropping by for the show. They're calling everybody back in, so have a good time. Enjoy <laughs> okay. the rest of your day. Thank you very much, Jim. All right. We're here with Dr. Gerhard Hessen, the Managing Director of ThyssenKrupp Nussera in Italy. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. Um, and uh, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great to be here. This is an interesting location like we were just talking about. But this particular event where you have all these leaders you know, in hydrogen here talking about it is very interesting. Have you guys been coming? Has Nucera been involved for a long time? Um, yes, we have been involved in the region for a long time. So uh, let's say our history is uh, is coming, let's say, from the Kali electrolysis business, where we have, let's say, a lot of plants built in the regions. And now, let's say, also we as Nucera in the transition phase to build more and more green hydrogen plants. And this region is in particular very important for us because of a huge potential for green energy, solar, and wind power, which is available here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's some uh, projects actually signing takeoff contracts. We were talking with Dan, who's a a lawyer with a firm, right? And so you guys are obviously involved with these projects in the electrolysis side. 
But what do you think the potential for, for I mean, there's a lot of projects, right? There's something like yes, yes, 24 well, here just in Egypt or something, right? Right, right. Let's say 24 projects. Let's say in the early stage, I must say. Yes, right, so yeah, exactly. Let's say only, only one demo project has been really realized. At the moment, everything else will, will take some more time. But as I said, with this huge potential and, let's say, the proximity of Egypt being, let's say, at the Suez Canal, on one side near to Europe, on the other side near to Asia, there's a huge potential for exporting ammonia, green hydrogen, methanol, or maybe synthetic methane. Right, exactly. Oh, interesting. That is, I hadn't thought about the geographical location being so important, but it's true. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And so... Tell me, so what projects are you guys involved with here locally in Egypt? Yeah, let's say, as, as we also have a local footprint with uh, ThyssenKrupp uh, Ude Egypt, let's say one of our sister companies, uh, who are really, let's say, as an EPC contractor, also following up different projects. We're trying to be there in an early stage, discussing, let's say, bring in, let's say, our figures also for all the feasibility studies which are ongoing now. Ah, and, okay. uh, of course, with the target being later on, on one side, Nusair as an a technology provider, but maybe also to some group Ude Egypt as an EPC contractor. Right, right. And so the earlier you get in on, on those discussions, the better chance you have of getting both sides, basically, right? Of course, let's say, because at the moment uh, there's a chance to influence also directions. And we have a big advantage as, as Tussen Group that we can have on one side the electrolyzer technology from Nucera, but on the other side also the ammonia or methanol technology from Ude, which we can bring in the market. Right, exactly. And that combination is very powerful, makes you a, a powerful partner to start with, right. right? Yes. And so of all of these projects, and, and like you said, you're, you know, they're in the uh, discovery phase, and they're putting numbers together. What's normal to actually go through the whole process and be completed? Is there a normal number or an average? It's, it's difficult to say. If you look at the, the huge amount worldwide on projects, let's say, and, uh, and at the moment... Uh, the number of projects really in execution, it's a very low one-digit percentage. Yes? Oh, really? A yes. one-digit? Yeah. They actually have made it that far just into yes, execution? Yes, right? but this will change. This will change, of course, let's say, as, as more and more, let's say, also investors stepping in and, uh, and also, of course, more and more regions and governments uh, starting their own programs to develop green technology. So it, it will change in the future. And then at a certain point, we will have a, a difficulty that we as a technology provider cannot deliver as much material and, uh, right. in our case, electrolyzers as the projects are there. So at the moment, let's say, still capacity available but not been used, and in future maybe it will be different. There will be a lot of projects, but not enough capacity to build them. Well, this is always the problem, right, isn't it? I mean, you know, people build up capacity in anticipation, and then if demand actually outstrips that, I mean, you know, you see the number of projects that are in discovery phase just here in Egypt. You know, if half of those make it through, there's going to be a problem on the other side, right? Yeah, I mean, def yeah. definitely. Let's say, and <laughs> we'll see. Let's say, but but uh, the potential is there, and and, and the need is there. Right? So oh, the see, need is definitely. Yeah, as, yeah. Uh, if you see, let's say, the situation, especially in Europe, with the uh, shortage and, and gas supply, so we need alternatives, uh, and alternatives uh, will be, let's say, hydrogen, will be ammonia, will be methanol. Yeah, exactly. Well, and uh, you guys at Tissacrup and Nisera, 
perfectly uh, aligned to take advantage of all of that that's going on here in the Middle East and be a real support for, you know, Egypt here, but also, like we said, Europe, everybody else. So Yep, definitely. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Yes, thank you very much for the invitation and have a nice day here. All right, we're here with Dan of Sherman and Sterling LLP. Dan, welcome to the show. Hi, Jim. Thank you very much for having me. So, Dan, tell us about your firm. I mean, you guys specialize in new energy law, is that right? Yeah, so Sherman and Sterling is a New York headquartered law firm with offices around the world in most of the major financial centers. We've been in the Middle East for a very long time, and it's, it's great to be here in Egypt. Sherman has long been involved in the sort of energy business, did oil and gas for many, many years, set up essentially a number of the national oil companies here in the Middle East. But over recent years, we've been fortunate to get involved on some of the first mover projects in the new energy space, including nice. green hydrogen, green ammonia, carbon capture, and things of that kind. And we've now set up a group within the firm that we call Energy Innovation that I lead outside the US. And that covers a number of technologies that our energy clients and as well as new and developing clients are interested in. And that includes hydrogen, CCS, energy storage, so batteries sure. and things of that kind and green industry, like green steel and the uses of you know, decarbonizing technologies. And that's really taken off. You know, I, I think if I look back over my career and, and look at the cycles of projects, power, you know, chemicals, LNG, I think green hydrogen, CCS are going to be the sort of mega projects that will drive the next cycle of the sorts of things we like to do, you know, for certainly at least the next 10 years and possibly beyond. Yeah, that's excellent. And in this meeting in the DII uh, Desert Energy Leadership Conference we're at, this is like all your people here, right? These are the guys you deal with all oh, the time? It's my happy place. <laughs> you know, I'm a lawyer and, you know, I think that comes with it certain connotations, you know, sitting behind a desk and, and doing contracts. And, and that is obviously, you know, what we do. But, uh, you know, I really have become quite passionate about the industry. And the great thing about this conference is that it's really just a group of people like-minded people who are talking about how to actually get stuff done. It's not the sort of conference where people are just sort of setting up stalls and selling each other equipment and things like right. that. It's, it's a real thought leadership place. And, you know, I'm glad that they, or they made a terrible mistake, one or the other, <laughs> in, in having a lawyer come. But it, it really is, you know, probably, you know, the best industry group I'm aware of in the world for this kind of thing. Yeah, and for the folks who, who aren't invited, because it's invite only, right? So the folks who aren't invited to this, there's panel discussions, there's things that uh, go on during the day, and you just got done chairing a panel, didn't you? I did. I, it was a fantastic panel. We had Katharina Reicher, who is the head of the German Hydrogen Council, very important person in the development of the hydrogen economy worldwide, because Germany is a big driver of demand for hydrogen and a technological leader as well in the in, in the equipment that is going to be used to produce it. We had Andrea Lovato, who is the head of renewables at Aquapower. Aquapower is one of the world's largest renewables company, and it's involved in the NEOM project in Saudi Arabia that I'm advising on. And oh, you're advising on that? Yeah. I love that project. Yeah, yeah, I, someone told me about it. I looked it up. I was like, that is fantastic, yeah, really. It's the first green fuels export project in the world to actually you know, have a billion dollars in the ground invested and wow. and soon is going to close on a on a multi-billion dollar project financing. This will be the first project financing, the first debt-based project to get done in the world. And it's actually the, the, the first project in the world to have an offtake agreement signed nice. for, um, for this product, which demonstrates that, you know, it's real. Right. It's real. So, yeah, super exciting project, and Andrea's critical to, to that project, so great to have him on the panel. Then we had Chris, the CEO from Lakela. Lakela is one of Africa's 
our biggest renewable power developers. Developing projects in Africa, you know, is a thing of its own. It has all sorts of interesting aspects and, and challenges and, and Lakella's been doing projects all over Africa. So a lot of experience in a continent where, you know, you really have to be at the top of the game in terms of being able to, to get projects away. And, and it's very important as well because renewable power and hydrogen are going to be essential to the development of African economies. You know, cheap power. Oh, absolutely. If you can, if you can yep. get cheap power to local communities, it's just such a game changer in addition to or to decarbonisation and other benefits. So, yeah, fantastic panel. Great questions from the audience. And, yeah, just a, just a great example, I think, of, of what DII is all about. Excellent. Excellent, Dan. Well, thank you very much for stopping by today. Thank you, Jim. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of H2 Tech Talk. Please remember to share and subscribe. And thanks for stopping by.